0: Welcome to the Thriving Women in STEM podcast. We're your hosts, Dr. Ursula Lang and Dr. Brianne Daniels. Our mission is to support, nurture, and re-inspire STEM professional women to reclaim their lives and flourish.
1: And the way we do this is through community building, shared experiences, and coaching tools. Let's do this.
0: Welcome, welcome, everyone. Hello, STEM women. And I'm going to just go ahead and introduce Brie again, Brianne Daniels. You are my co-host here and we are in February. How's February treating you so
1: far? It's been great so far. Um, The sun is out in Southern California. So so as it always is, (laughs) 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 no, um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been pretty good. Uh, There have been a few little road, road bumps, Um, you know, we had a a little bit of a quarantine for my daughter, her school, Mm. um, I mean, she's okay. We're okay. But, um, but yeah, that, that was kind of a fun beginning of, of the month thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I hear you. That's been the same for us. And now instead of getting actual, um, and notifications of when there's an exposure at my son's middle school, we just get a blanket email saying that because community acquired so high where you can just assume that you've been in contact <laughs> with somebody who has been exposed or has it and doesn't yet know it, uh, which is pretty, as pretty scary time to be in right now. Um, thankfully he is fully vaccinated and boosted. So There are, there's always the positive flip side. My daughter, she just turned four this past Monday. So there was a really fun celebration. Uh, She's not yet old enough for the vaccine, unfortunately, but that time will hopefully come soon. Yeah. So sun, sun is out, but COVID is also out. So a little good with the bad, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm going to go, go ahead and get right into it. Uh, This month is all about relationships. Uh, And actually, before we start, I want to just say that if you didn't get a chance to come to our webinar slash workshop slash social hour that we do at the end of each month, um, we had an amazing time during our transitions one this past Monday, that was super great. Uh, You'll have another opportunity at the end of February to discuss with us and to get some coaching even on relationships, because this is what we love to do in, in the uh, STEM program. So we do a lot of coaching on relationships, time management, and how kind of those two things integrate. And as part of relationships, we're going to just go ahead and get started this month on, uh, weekly topics related to relationships. And we're going to start with relationships and how it changes with our partner. So like relationships with our partner specifically, the first week, this week is going to be all about how relationships change when we become parents. <laughs> so this is a fun one to start with, since I think, uh, for the most part, our community is, uh, women in STEM with children. And we picked this particular niche. And we're talking to you today about how relationships change when you become parents, because I think this has been a pain point for both Brianne and I, throughout the years and how we've kind of adjusted to it. And coaching has been really helpful in finding that new balance and kind of transitioning as we're coming off of our transition month, we're going to be transitioning into parenthood and how that affects our relationships and how our relationships have to transition a bit. And, you know, so that's kind of the big, the big topic for the month. Bree, how, why was this topic important to you?
1: So yeah, so I think relationships in general are super important um, to me, but particularly the relationships with our partners as we transition into becoming parents um, has just come to the forefront for me because um, I also have a four-year-old um, daughter like you, Ursula. Um <laughs> and you know, the the dynamic of our relationship, you know, changed and has continued to evolve from when she was born until now. Um, and we're now expecting a, another. Baby coming in the spring. and um you know, so just even in the last couple months, it has come to the surface that there are things that you know we need to recognize about our relationship that are changing. And, you know, um, coaching around that has been really, really helpful. So I just totally agree and think it's a useful topic for all of us to um, to delve into as we go through these life transition transitions that occur you know normally and naturally for many people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well said. I think uh we we decided when we were talking about this topic that we were going to go ahead and divide it into kind of two broad strokes and how it how it really affects us in our relationships. The first just the in your face reason is because, you know, becoming parents and bringing a new life into the world Really is stressful. It's hard. I'm not. I'm not going to use stressful. Actually, I'm just going to say it's hard. I think it's something where when we say we we can do hard things, this is one of the hard things that we refer to, because first of all, as humans, we like habit, right? We get used to our habit. We get used to our routine, how we do things, how much time we spend cooking, how much time we spend cleaning, how much downtime we have to connect with our partners. So if we're thinking about time management, bringing that a little a little tidbit in that, and you do time management, you maybe have your date night that you got into the routine of doing on a Friday or Saturday. And that is your time to connect with your partner, to work on your relationship. All of a sudden, there that time slot is now you know feed the baby clean the baby bathe the baby <laughs> do all the things for this new life that's come into the world and we aren't necessarily taught how to take care of ourselves in addition to take caring, taking care of this new person uh we see it done and you know we don't necessarily um have maybe even the bandwidth to think about it when we're in it. So you know, part of it is getting ahead of it, thinking of it. And if you're in it right now, we're sending—we're both sending you a lot of love to lots of hugs because it's hard, right? Um, another, what's it? What's makes it hard for you? What were your thoughts about how it makes it hard, Bree?
1: Oh my goodness, yeah. That's a—that's <laughs> a loaded question. No, I'm just kidding. Um, There's so many reasons. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think some of kidding, the big ones, kidding. though, right, are that you know, our sleep patterns are very disrupted, at least if you have like a newborn coming home, um, that, you know, it just makes it that much harder to to really have sort of mindfulness and equanimity and all of these things that we talk about, you know, and that are, you know, really great tools and everything. But um, it just is really, really hard when you have had, you know, hardly any sleep or very disrupted sleep for many months to really come to the table um, with your partner in let's say a discussion of like who who's gonna do what next. <laughs> um, and you know, a lot of times I think you know the the hardness or the stress that we are talking about in our relationships is coming from kind of our maybe uh, mismatched expectations or lack of complete or complete and fully clear communication. Um, so it just is, it's hard. Right. And then there's all of the other physical reasons that are difficult. Um, your body has gone through an incredible change. If you are the one who has, um, you know, carried and birthed the baby, um, you know, you're, you're dealing with all of that as well, um, from a healing standpoint, but also just from a, you know, this is a massive change to your body and your hormones and your chemicals and everything else. So it just acknowledging. I guess it's the best way to say you know acknowledging that it is just really hard and that word yeah. is a good word to use
0: I think I think so too I think it's one of those uh, we can actually even put we we talked about the thought model and it's I think it's pretty close to a circumstance that it's that it's hard that's a challenge I think where I wanted to back off from calling it stressful is because I think we really truly can manage the stress of it by working on being fully present in the hardness of it, of embracing the hard and letting go of, you know, that it should be different. And I think we've talked about this before last month and like embracing what is and when we start thinking it should be it should be easier, or it shouldn't be this way, or the baby shouldn't wake up in the middle of the night, or they should latch on, or breastfeeding should be easy, or my partner should be doing more. Like it's all of that shoulding that really is kind of in in um resistance of what actually is, which is it's really freaking hard. So I think when we talk about this we you know we always go back to first is awareness right we talk about awareness and like you know we talk about actually it's interesting when i think about like the baby shower and the things leading up to it and our beautiful thoughts and you know our imagination of you know seeing our baby crawl around the floor or just getting to dress it up in like cute little clothes and how amazing it's going to be to feel like a family and it's and it's almost like not, I don't want to detract from those beautiful happy moments but in a lot of ways we might bring that into the experience of motherhood and without you know fully acknowledging like this is a really Really hard time, and I think you know we're going to talk about this more in upcoming episodes of how society plays into this, of how like you know you should be able to go back and be a hundred percent fully a resident. I think in your case, Brie, you were a fellow, you know, and just like hop right back on the twelve-hour wagon, right, without a glitch, you know. So it's it's kind of like the structures are not put into place to acknowledge the hardness that that is becoming a mother and becoming, you know, a parent and the strain that it can have on your relationship. If you're not uh, fully embracing that transition and uh, thinking it should be any different than what it is. Um, What else comes up for you when you think about relationship stress?
1: I think in particular, like what you were just saying is that the kind of uh, expectation balance. um, So having having an expectation that it should be easier or easy or easier. Um, Basically, you know, sometimes when our expectations are uh, such that, you know, we think it should be a different way, (laughs) um, you know, we, we just set ourselves up for, for feeling disgruntled or uncomfortable or disappointed, or, you know, we can go through all kinds of different feelings that we could put into maybe a quote unquote negative category um, because we have expectations, you know, that could be coming from ourselves a little bit, like you were saying, you know, we've kind of dreamt about how this is going to be when the baby arrives and it's going to be so beautiful um, or also potentially from society and how, you know, you should be able to, you should be able to just in quotes <laughs> bounce back, you know, and um, you know, and it and it is wonderful that for some women and family structures, you know, that there are people who do bounce back, you know, quite quickly, and you know, their functioning is is pretty, pretty normal pretty quickly, but to also have that space to recognize that if it isn't going on the timeline that somebody else has you know, either said or posted about or blogged about, or you found somewhere online to give yourself also that kind of grace and compassion, um, self-love yeah. to say, you know, it's okay that this is still hard for me. And I still feel like there are places where <clears throat> I'm struggling.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. I think one of the things that that uh, brought up for me was, you know, we're talking to a bunch of really like badass women, right? like you have all succeeded in your careers, you all have the degrees, you all have the job, you know, like all the the things that you've done in your life have been sort of things you can plan for that you have control over, that you can kind of show up in a way that you know, like that you are proud of. and part of that is because we think we we have comfort and certainty and like we also um, have maybe a little perfectionism that has, when, when I say perfectionism, I think we think of like having taken it too far where we're kind of self-critical, but on the flip side of that, I think we're all very, um, capable, high achieving women who can do a good job of what you do, right. You set out to do an excellent, do excellent in your careers. And that is what you produce. And then all of a sudden you have this very messy situation of some of like, you know, Thinking it's going to go one way and it doesn't go that way, and that loss of control, I think, is is part is partly very challenging for uh, those of us who who thrive under feeling the control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think mean, we wanted to just start off by acknowledging that, and for anyone out there who is experiencing this, just um, recognizing you're doing a very hard thing, and. It, what makes it in part easier is is like l- that learned flexibility to you know ride the waves and kind of doing uh, like taking it as it comes and being present in the moment and fully embracing that. So i want to shift now into how this affects our relationships right So in the context of this whole thing right hard stuff, transitions we like a lot of perfectionism and self-judgment comes out for ourselves like how is that going to jive with the person in your life who's doing this with you? assuming that you do have a partner who is present and doing it how is this challenging brie
1: so starting off i think it can be challenging just from a purely like relationship standpoint so we could even back away from the context of of parenthood and say you know relationships in and of themselves with any other person be it our partner or spouse you know in a sort of romantic relationship versus you know, people at work, right? Relationships in and of themselves are things that are kind of the beautiful patchwork of human nature that are can get a little bit complicated. So it can be really helpful to, to back away a little bit and just remind ourselves that our relationships are essentially formed through the thoughts that we have about the other person, um, whoever they are. And so I feel like that, and it's a very simplified way of thinking about it, for sure. But it is kind of a help, helpful as a stripped-down version um, to remind ourselves that when we're in this very hard situation, let's say, or we're becoming parents, or we are already parents, maybe our kids are even older, um, teenage years or something like that, right? That our our partner in life, um, you know, our relationship with them is really rooted in those thoughts that we have about them. So when we try to take inventory of our thoughts or see what, what we really are thinking (laughs) maybe on a daily basis or, you know, whenever it is you have time to slow down and take that moment to think, what am I really thinking? It can be really useful to look at those thoughts. You know, are they, are they thoughts that are, are true one? You can ask yourself, you know, is, is it a, is that a true thought uh, or a true fact that I'm stating as a thought (laughs) Um, uh, or, you know, you could even say, let's say your thought is they're not helping enough. You can, you can then ask yourself the question like, what am I making that mean? You know, that they're not helping enough. And then, and then you can start to put together why you're feeling a certain
0: way. Let me just jump in really quick. First, I want to say that you did an amazing job of like, just tell reminding all of us that our relationships exist in our mind, right? Like we, we think thoughts about somebody else and that is what makes us either like them, not like them, love them. If you want to create a feeling about somebody, it's about the thoughts you have about them. hundred percent. It's just so beautifully simple. And yet very challenging (laughs) at the same time. (laughs) Um, but I wanted to ask you kind of jump in just because I think, you know, when you're saying like to reflect on the thought I have about them, is it true? I guess I wonder how that really, I mean, to me, first of all, when I was sleep deprived and like all the things, I don't know that I have the capacity of, of (sighs) really doing that. So, so how is it that we can really kind of jump into that, um, that space, like what do we have to do to get there to, to kind of give ourselves that space when we feel like we yeah. don't have enough space. I'm really
1: glad you brought that up.
0: <laughs> um, because
1: <laughs> as I was saying and I was like, yes, okay. And when you are sleep deprived, this is going to be super hard, if not impossible. Right. Um, and I think that is part of why we kind of kicked off with saying, you know, just acknowledging at first that it's it's super hard. And especially when you're not having um you know, normal sleep, just nothing's going to function, you know, quite as well as it would, you know, in a quote unquote, normal circumstance, um, you know, your thoughts and your brain patterns, you know, included, um, if I, if I were to attempt to give a suggestion like to myself or to a friend in that situation, um, you know, I don't know why, but I really love the journal, idea, you know, just be having, you know, it could just be your phone. It could be a note in your phone um, or a voice or memo because, a voice you know, memo. <laughs> I remember
0: many nights of just, you know, staying up in a chair and I was breastfeeding and I would, you know, go to Netflix or go to some show or go to something like that. Um, but really kind of just getting it out there, like looking and taking a look at our thoughts and maybe we can't like both breastfeed and journal, but you can definitely talk into your phone, little voice memos and kind of, if you don't have a friend up at 2 AM to, to talk to and to vent to perhaps that you can actually just vent to yourself in some ways into your phone or, I mean, into a journal is ideal, but just as another suggestion for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Basically in that moment, if you even can just have that ability to think, oh, maybe I could put this out somehow into my phone or onto paper, Um, maybe that could start to, to enlighten what the thought is. And and then you can make a decision about it. And we're not really saying that there's a specific thought you should be having or or need to have, there isn't a right or wrong there, but it's more to see what it is you're thinking. And, you know, ask yourself if that is what you want to be thinking and have that power to make that choice. Um, and yeah. and then sometimes you get some clarity around wanting to maybe think something different and it can start to propel you forward into a, a different space.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, and I was well, before we started recording, I, we had a few um interesting stories we each brought up, so I'll go ahead and share mine. Uh one that I thought was really fascinating and uh relationship with my with my husband was when we had, you know, after we kind of come up for air, we had some friends over. This was months after, maybe it was five or six months after we had our daughter and we were kind of all having brunch and we were talking and discussing. And he made this comment that I thought was fascinating and I could have easily gone off the handle. Um, But basically he said, you know, she was great the first three months. And then after that, it was at the third month or so that she really was just, she wouldn't sleep and it was hard and I didn't get sleep and all this stuff. And like, internal, like, it's really just hilarious to me right now. And I think at that time, I think I almost spit out my food, like in disbelief that he was saying this, that that was his perception of things. Right. That was his version of the story uh, because it was the first three months I was fully and solely breastfeeding our daughter. So I was hundred percent not getting any sleep. And he was very, like very comfortable on his side of the bed. And only after those three months were where I was pumping and we were kind of switching off. Did I actually ask him to specifically get up and do some of the, the heavy lifting? So it was just, you know, from that awareness place of like, Oh, wait a minute. Like, what is his reality of things? Like, what is he experiencing? Uh, And, you know, recognizing that he's this human being. And as much as I'm doing like, uh, you know, the person giving birth to the child is doing the heavy lifting and is, and is the one that has the milk supply for, you know, those who are breastfeeding. um, I think that's just kind of like recognizing we can kind of do the upfront work and pass the baton at some point, right? Just having that kind of in the back of our minds of like, yes, let's fully embrace the work. We're doing it now. We're getting up in the middle of the night. But there will come a day where I'm going to ask and I make the request of the father, of my child, to get up in the middle of the night and do his part. Um what are you what are your thoughts about that, Brie?
1: I, I think it's funny, my initial thought is actually just sort of to compare it to, to my initial experience as well. And it just so happened that, um, you know, the way that my milk supply came in, uh, it, it was delayed enough that we started giving our daughter formula pretty early on as a supplement. Um, so she basically got formula and breast milk for uh I guess a year and a half or so, <laughs> but or a year—I don't know. I can't remember when the formula stopped. But at the very beginning, there were definitely um, nights when you know uh, my partner was giving my daughter her her bottle, and that was his responsibility. And it's funny because in that moment, I think actually I was mostly just dealing with the sort of guilt that I think I had that my milk wasn't there. Um, but it's kind of funny to think back on it and to realize, right. In in that particular context, it actually made it so that, um, we didn't have as much of that right away because she was getting formula from someone else and, and I was getting some amount of sleep <laughs> as well during the night. Um, but we also knew that I was going back to work at six weeks and, you know, fully back to work. And so. I I think I was also basically setting my expectations um, in a different way, and such that I knew that I was going to be um, not exclusively breastfeeding for the recommended six months, which is a whole another topic that we could get into another time. But um, <laughs> yeah. you know, the um, that I had the knowledge early on that 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 there would be a kind of an alternative plan, and so in a way, it sort of helped our relationship in that sense that he had this responsibility and ownership of that part of feeding.
0: That's so interesting. The ownership piece, right. It's, it's a little bit, I think it reminds me of like managing teams, right. And kind of really embracing what this, what your team members, like what are their strengths? What can they bring to the table? What, what can they do and not what can't they do? And I think focusing on what you can control and kind of seeing where there's opportunity and possibility is a really Awesome place to be. Um, but I do want to speak to those of you out there who have this chronic thought error or thought process, perhaps we can just call it that. Um, that that you are the one doing everything and they're never around, they're never doing it, they're never, they should be doing more. And in a lot of ways, we kind of make our partner into the villain, right? And kind of in and when you think about that, like. And if your goal is truly to kind of create more connection, like that thought process is actually pushing you further apart. And I know when you're in it, it seems almost impossible to kind of work yourself out of it, but, um, but that is kind of that, that uh, on the flip side, it's, it's that mental heavy lifting of just re relooking at your thoughts reframing it but reframing it in a way that's useful to you because ultimately when i think about you know the resentment some of us can feel for doing some of the stuff up front is really only ever feeling it's you're feeling it in your body they're most likely not feeling that feeling for themselves and we get into this weird uh we we get tricked into thinking if we just resent them more they're going to eventually feel it. Like I'm going to just be really, really mad and resentful and I'll show them. But really all you're doing is really, it's sitting in your body. You're the one that's being resentful. You're feeling it. You're taking your actions. You're living your life from a place of, of, uh, of negative negativity. And, you know, like, it's just kind of interesting, right? Like it's, it's counterproductive and, um, but again, I'm not, I'm not minimizing it. I'm just, we're just kind of bringing some awareness to it.
1: Yeah. And we've all been there. And even though my anecdote <laughs> made it sound like it was sort of a, a pleasant experience, it, it wasn't, it was still super hard. And, and there were all kinds of disagreements about, you know, how to do the formula or this or that. Right. So like it, it wasn't, <laughs> I realized the way, the way I phrased it may have made it sound a bit more rosy than it, than it really was. Um, You know, it, it's, I think it's just a, it's just a challenging time and with the sleep deprivation, right? Like we just have to give ourselves as much compassion as possible and a little bit of space to, to attempt to get, get our thoughts out into a place where we can look at them and, and try to make decisions about them um, without letting them just sort of run wild in our minds and, and create, create feelings that maybe aren't helpful to us.
0: Right. And when I think about it, and we've been saying this over and over of how hard it is, I think, um, you know, we make it harder for ourselves when we're coming from a place of, of, um, being angry or resentful. And, and kind of, I would just offer to everyone, um, you know, fully embracing it and just recognizing how you are doing an amazing and very challenging thing that when you do need help, like falling into a little bit of vulnerability and being willing to share that that's where you're coming from. Not from a, they're not doing enough, but more from a, I need help or I need, I need more from you. Maybe not from you, but from some, you know, there's, there is something where we can fall into a creative problem solving space perhaps, and less into let's fight this out space because the fighting ends up just, creating more stress in your body essentially. Right. Um, so it's, it's easier said than done, but I would offer you all that. There's nothing wrong with just saying, you know, this is really effing hard and I need some help right now. And I would love it if it's you. And if it's not you, then, you know, let's come up with a solution here. Let's figure it, figure it out maybe an afternoon maybe you can get somebody, maybe he can take over. And I think it's a little bit that perfectionism of like, well, what if he does it wrong? Like, well, what if he's a dad who's also figuring it out and he can figure it out in a way that works for him and giving the partner, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to just say dad, but like whoever that partner happens to be for you, that they can make their own mistakes. They can do their own learning and, you know, this idea of control and perfectionism can be just so counterproductive when it comes to raising a child. <laughs> it's very messy <laughs> and not, and not perfect in any way, you know? So, Um, so that would be my last, uh, tidbit for this particular topic. And like in that vulnerability, you're going to find connection. You're going to find that perhaps he can come back with some vulnerability. I keep saying he, but you get, you get what I'm saying. Your partner can come back with like, oh, wow, that was really hard. Oh, I didn't get it until month three that you actually did that for the first three months. Wow. That's pretty phenomenal. That's pretty amazing. So, so yeah, so that's my last words. Any last words from you, Brie?
1: Yeah, I think that was, that was really great way to wrap us up. And I'll just add that, you know, my personal experience was as somebody who has quite a bit of perfectionism as a streak in, in my personality, I suppose we'll say. Um, you know, I I also found that when I was finally able to let go of that expectation that things should should be a certain way or would be, quote unquote, you know, perfect or that I needed to make it perfect for the baby. Um, especially once I started to realize, you know, as long as nothing life life threatening was happening, it was going to be just fine. Um, it really opened up those relationships and they became a lot more rich and, and healthy really for me and for the baby, um, in, in that I was able to ask for help and not be attached to how it was done or what the result really was, as long as she was, still alive and breathing. And, you know, <laughs> um, it was, it was, it was going to be okay. Right. And I, I, didn't have to have that control, that level of control. So, so yeah, I just wanted to second that with a that yeah. personal anecdote.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. I love it. All right, ladies, we're going to call it, uh, call it wrap and we, and please reach out to us again, if you have any issues with this and you want more one-on-one attention, we're here for that and definitely sign up for the, the webinar slash workshop that we're going to host at the end of the month till next time. Bye.
1: If you enjoyed this podcast and want to apply some of these principles to your own life, we are here to
0: help. Get started by following the link in the show notes to download our step-by-step video guided workshop to reclaim your time.